0: Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and today with me is Esther Bloom. She is an integrative dietitian and high-performance coach. And um, her, her goal and she, what she's done is help thousands of women permanently lose weight and eliminate the need for medication, lose stubborn belly fat, and reverse chronic illness. She teaches her clients to cultivate a warrior mindset when it comes to healing their relationship with food and unconditionally loving their bodies. Esther is the best-selling author of Cave Women Don't Get Fat. I like that title. (laughs) Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous, Secrets of Gorgeous, and the Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous Project. She currently maintains a busy virtual practice where she provides 360 degrees of healing with physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual support. Esther has appeared on Dr. Oz, The Today Show, and Fox News Live. Welcome to the show, Esther. I really appreciate you coming on and mm-hmm. taking out time. I know you have a very busy schedule. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks, Ari, for having me.
0: So tell us a little bit about what got you started in the world of dietitian, and then what kind of transitioned you from dietitian to integrative dietitian?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, I grew up in a medical family. My grandfather and father were both physicians. Um, My grandfather was actually an ears, nose and throat doctor and an incredible surgeon. He was the tonsil king of Brooklyn. And uh, he trained my grandmother to be the anesthesiologist. And the two of them took my tonsils out in uh, their house in Brooklyn. My grandfather had an operating room uh, a treatment room, a consultation room, and 12-bed pediatric recovery room all on the first floor of their house next to their kitchen and dining room. So, uh, you know, I grew up just thinking it was very normal for my grandfather to operate on me in his own home, <laughs> which and my grandmother to put the ether mask over my face. Um, so I was never even in the hospital, really, until childbirth. Um, so, my father also was a gifted um, dermatologist. He was a wonderful healer, and I saw the two of them making house calls. You know we would go up to my grandfather's farmhouse in Ridgefield, Connecticut, on the weekends, and the phone would ring, and you know they in answering service would say i'd like to speak to Dr. Blum," and we were like, "Well, which one you know and so um and they were just kind, compassionate people who did house calls and real country doctors. Uh, even though my grandfather was in Brooklyn. And then my mother was a nurse and we had lots of pharmacists in our family, So I grew up around medicine. I was comfortable around it. It was discussed at our dinner table for better or for worse. And I knew that I was interested in it. I always did well in it in school, but I didn't want to go to medical school. And my my grandfather said, "What are you? What are you thinking?" I said, "I think I want to be a dietitian because it's all the pre-med requirements. Basically, it's a little less physics, but it's all pre-med. But none of the, you know, residency. I mean, I had an internship, but it wasn't like this intense residency." And um, and my grandfather said, "What are you doing? That's like the biggest mistake. You're never going to be a success or make any money." And I was like, "Oh, it's on. It is so on right now." So uh, I, I obviously have made money and been a success since then i <laughs> proved him wrong and he became my greatest champion.
0: So why do you think, what, what's, what's your reasoning having been on both sides of, of the industry, why do you think the language is so completely different between the two and the studies, the research, the science, the everything that we look at you know, I, I've I've been trained in functional medicine and have an immense amount of pain when it comes to seeing how much is missed in translation. And I'll give you a quick example. I, I had a um, a family member who sent me all his labs, and his doctor was a traditional doctor, basically said nothing was wrong with him, and I started going through on a functional lab level and I kept looking at all these different numbers that were in the normal for the pathological numbers, but completely outside of, of functional. And as I looked through this, I was going, I I basically figured out that this person was in liver failure, like was through the combination of things that were off, it was pretty clear picture, but the doctor said, oh, you're perfectly fine. And so that's kind of the thing that bog, bugs the crap out of me. So why do you think that it's so lost in translation between functional medicine and Western medicine?
1: Yeah, I, I don't have all the answers on where the gap lies, but I will say money is a big piece of it. Um, you know, there's big ag and big pharma. And, um, you know, for dietitians, the Food Guide Pyramid is sponsored heavily by, you know, the dairy board, the grain board, <laughs> not so much the meat board, right? Meat gets all this horrible press, even though um, pastured meat is the most sustainable practice that we have in supporting agriculture and regenerative farming. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I think there's a lot more money behind that, or there's money behind drug companies saying, you know, oh, your know, your your mortality rate is much less when you take Lipitor every day, or you take a statin every day, and your cholesterol needs to be lower and lower and lower and lower. When cholesterol used to be 200 plus your age, we need cholesterol to support libido, to make testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, be fertile, uh, you know feel good. Your brain healthy,
0: function. Yeah. Brain
1: function, healthy hair, skin, nails, fight depression, ADHD, gut health, all those things. So yeah, I, I think it's money. Um, even though it's silly because there's plenty of money to be made in supplements too. <laughs> if people are smart, they jump on that bandwagon. But yeah, it's a it's a lot harder to say, you know, eat a serving of blueberries every day for brain health, right? Versus like, well, you can just take this drug or, you know, yeah. so it's Think you're constantly battling money this is this country puts the health of the pocketbook or the wallet way ahead of the health of the people profits over people's what i'm trying to say
0: right so i heard a saying recently and it, it went something along the lines of you eat vegetables to detoxify and then you eat meat to heal
1: oh i love that oh that is brilliant
0: yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, that's
1: brilliant. <laughs> yes. I mean, but meat helps detoxify too. If you don't have enough protein uh, it's really hard to get your liver to conjugate, you know, essential amino acids and heal and detox your body. So, but you know, it, it is interesting. Um, I do have, there is a caveat to this. And I do have some clients that when I increase their meat, they gain weight and they can't process all the fat. So some people I actually have to go on the plant-based route for about four to six months sometimes to really clean up their liver and do a good detox that's more plant-based and then go back to the paleo. It depends on someone's starting point. Someone is super, super obese um, and their cortisol is off the charts, you know, it's, we, we try different approaches there. The high meat doesn't always work, it depends.
0: Right. Yes, yeah. for a
1: healthy, normal, you know, reasonable weight, uh, if someone's within their target range, then yeah, I believe that. I think you do need a balance of, of meat and, and poultry and fish and vegetables to really detoxify and, and organ meats and build muscle support bone density.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, when I look at, at human beings and, um, how we used to eat, then I look at animals and, you know, they talk about vegetables and how, uh, you can build muscle with, with just eating vegetables and being a vegetarian. But I look at, at animals that are, uh, on a plant-based diet and, they're typically very large. And then I look at animals that are predator animals and they're typically very small, but muscular and powerful. Yeah, And, you know, so you have slow and large on a plant-based diet, but yet we get told all the time lately, especially about these plant-based diets being the healthiest thing we could do. And then now they're coming out with all these plant-based meats that are, um, I don't know what you think of them.
1: Chemical shit storm. storm. I mean, (laughs) I always talk about this with my son. Uh, you know, he's, he's almost 14. I'm like, stay the hell away from that crap. He's like, mom, I would never be vegan. I just wouldn't do it. You know, again, it goes back to money. Like it's, um, you know, Bill Gates is taking over a lot of our farmland that is producing GMO based crops. Um, the, the Beyond Burgers and the pea proteins, anytime there is uh, you know, that type of, over plant-based versus actual clinical research, um, it's, there's money behind it. People have money to gain from it.
0: Gotcha. So I had a, a dietitian tell me one time as she was drinking a diet soda in my presence, She said um, something along the lines of, I like to eat my calories, not drink them. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think of that statement and people who think that diet sodas are so much better or diet foods in general are so much better than natural foods?
1: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, your body, your choice. So you want to put crap that you know, interferes with proper neurotransmitter function in your brain, you knock yourself out. But, uh, you know, and yes, you you don't want to get your calories from orange juice or, you know, uh, necessarily sodas or anything like that. But sometimes drinking calories can actually be nutritious. If I can get someone to get a protein shake where they're getting 50 grams of protein instead of eating two eggs where they're getting... 14 grams of protein. I am going to say, drink your, drink your calories and put some fiber in there, put some chia and flaxseed and put a low glycemic fruit and some veggies if you want and drink it all at once. Don't like sip it over hours of the day where you're messing with your blood sugar so much. So it's really time and place. I mean, hypocrisy abounds in diet and dietetics professions.
0: So let's talk a little bit about, um, Lentils and lectins and yeah. nightshades and inflammatory foods. Yeah. And, you know, even like tomatoes, I had a, I had a client one time paid me for a six month package. And after going through everything at the very beginning and doing all the testing and all that stuff, um, we were putting her on an elimination plan and she was Italian, and she said, keep your money, I can't not eat tomatoes, yeah. and I said, it's only three weeks, and she wouldn't, she couldn't not eat the tomatoes, yeah. but, you know, let's talk a little bit about that, kind of unpack this, because everybody's getting their information from Dr. Google right now, and, uh, and I'm not sure Dr. Google has all of the correct information, you know, readily available in a way that yeah. people can search.
1: Yeah. Well, when it comes to elimination diets, you know, it's, it's tricky, right? Because um, if somebody has a lot of people who I treat, for example, have H. pylori or like real active H. pylori or um, where they're having symptoms or they have parasites or they have leaky gut or SIBO. So under those circumstances, right, you're, um, with an inflamed gut wall, and you're adding gasoline to the fire when you put those inflammatory foods into your system, right? That foods that you're sensitive to, and often the foods that you're the most sensitive to are the ones that you're eating every day already anyway. So you can do food allergy testing during those times, but it's going to show up, you know, you're going to show up with 20, 30, even 40 allergies. That's how you really know you have a leaky gut, by the way. The more allergies you have tells us a lot about your
0: gut. Yeah, just unpacking, I think, um, for people, what, you know, they hear all these fad diets and fad things and may not know how to navigate this. And so they end up, you know, you'll end up, okay, we're on the keto this week and intermittent fasting that week and paleo the other week. And we just keep switching because- we're not getting the the answer we want. And, yeah. and, you know, with, with my patients, I always said, well, in functional medicine, we test yeah so that we're not, sh- you know, throwing darts at a dartboard, board, but um, but people don't really understand what all of these things are. They just look, yeah. I mean, I still don't know if anybody knows if milk is good for you or bad for you. You know what I mean? Like you, you have both, sides yeah. yep. of the equation. So I wanted to about right. that a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, and so much of your your food can be, it, it, there's so many factors, right? It, okay, fine, you can find out where your genetics are. You know, you see people in uh, certain Nordic cultures eating a ton of dairy and are very lean and healthy, <clears throat> but were the cows given hormones? Were the cows fed GMO grains? Um, are they exposed to a lot less pesticides and GMOs in our food that are creating the leaky gut? You know, I, I think if we had, if we all had better gut integrity, we'd tolerate a lot more foods to your point. Like is milk good or bad for you? To me, it's, it's what you're eating. It's what you're absorbing. That is far more important to me than worrying about the semantics. I mean, in theory, you know, dairy's got, it's got sugar, but it also has a lot of protein. I mean, cottage cheese to me is a, is a power food for a lot of people. So if my people tolerate it and say, yeah, I tolerate dairy fine, and they're not having gut issues, I'm like, go for it. You know, it's it's a lot more fun and easier to work with someone who has that much flexibility in their diets, for sure.
0: Yeah, that, that's one of the interesting things I find that when you eliminate something like, I, I, I don't eat sugar things and i don't drink juices and stuff like that and every now and then if i even go for a sip of orange juice or apple juice or something like that i need to dilute it by like 10 to 1 oh yeah with with water i mean like literally this much juice to the rest of the glass is water because otherwise it's just too sweet it it, it's ridiculously too sweet And so, you know, here's a a figure, and I don't remember the exact figure, but I think it was somewhere around one gram of sugar or one and a half grams of sugar in your bloodstream naturally is about the 90, you know, Mm -hmm. the the 75 to 95 or whatever blood sugar ratio. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so the amount of sugar that we're eating in our diet, I mean, if you could imagine, a gram and a half is what your blood sugar should be. How many grams do you put into one cup of coffee? And then how many cups of coffee? And then how many right things that you're eating that you wouldn't necessarily think have sugar in them, have sugar added into them. Uh, and that, that goes along with the genetically modified foods because, as you probably are aware, an apple... 50 years ago had about a tenth of the amount of sugar that an apple has now and you have to have about 10 apples to get the equivalent nutritive value as an apple 50 you know in the 50s so yeah. how does somebody you know navigate this entire the world of what we've done to our health and to our environment and to the way in which we consume.
1: I know ignorance really was bliss in this. Uh, <laughs> in this. Um, a couple ways, okay? One is <clears throat> try and look at the big picture because at the end of the day, you know, um, there, there was a great study Mercola published years ago about how like, even if you're eating non-organic veggies you're still getting benefits, okay? And <clears throat> the nutrient content is far less than what our grandparents had, our parents had, even we had growing up. But if it, if it runs, flies, swims, or grows from the ground, it's still real food. And I see people healing their bodies, eating imperfectly, not everything's organic, but if they're eating a lot of fruits and veggies and real food compared to their starting point, they're gonna heal much better.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Um, You know, every episode, I like to to leave the audience with doable things so that they can create a new tomorrow today and activate their vision for a better world. So thank you so much for activating your vision and not just that, but coming out into the public. You know, I like to say uh, silence is a bully's best friend. So let's get loud. And I appreciate everybody... (laughs) who comes onto the show getting loud and going up against the bullies like big agriculture, big pharmaceutical, big medicine in general, and, and saying, Hey, here's, here's the truth. We don't know about this science because it's been paid for and bought, but we do know that based on these thousands of years and what we can say is if you eat this amount of food, you're going to be healthier. And if you get about this amount of walking and, and this amount of movement. So I, I appreciate all of uh, your wisdom. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're busy. So thank you. Uh, and this yeah. has been another episode. So thank you so much for listening. And hopefully you have gotten an amazing amount of things that you can do right now to create your new tomorrow today. We'll see you next time.